This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird, but love it anyway. My name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor and biblical scholar, and I get a newspaper delivered to my house in person the New York Times weekend. Fancy. Mm -hmm. My name is Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and I've always kind of wanted to be a newswoman like Hildy Johnson. The very rare Hildy Johnson reference. That's for the AMC crowd. In this episode, we're going to try out a new bit. The Weird Religion News Roundup. Uh, Notable news battle? dueling news story game. We'll think of a name later. We try and weird each other out with strange religious news happenings. Join us. Join us. All right, friends. Here's how the bit is going to work. <laughs> dun, 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 news. Um, that's that little news song. This, this is, we're letting, we're letting you weirdos into a kind of weird religion text exchange where... Yep. Basically, Brian and I will frequently send very weird religious news to each other. Oh yeah. A la text. Yep. And no comments, just look at this headline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically see what's the emoji that we're gonna get back, or like what's the like text mm-hmm. emoticon yeah. thing that you're gonna get back. It's like either an exclamation right. point or I'm a the, haha. Now th- those of you who are not iPhone users, you don't understand maybe that on oh, an iPhone, yeah. if you hold down your thumb on a message, you have a choice of options to choose from. And I'm, I'm looking at my text right now to remember what those choices are. Um, the, but but some of them are more used than others. Like we, for example, uh, like I'm, I'm just finding one of your texts now. Okay, I'm on it. There's exclamation It's points. the heart, it's the heart. The heart, the, the thumbs up, point. the thumbs down, the ha ha, the ex- two exclamation points, and a question mark. Uh-huh. The question mark, I think, is the most rarely used response. I feel like I should use it more now that you're just bringing that up. But um, yeah, usually it's, a, it's ambiguous, though. Like if someone puts a question mark on your thing, are they saying why did you say that, or are they saying, "Huh, I wonder that too"? Well, we send each other news stories frequently that get the ha ha or the exclamation point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the question you know, mark, just I for think fun. <laughs> the question, I'm going to start using it more and, and then it leaves the question, what does that question what mark mean? Okay, that? so we're going to bring it into the mainstream here by, and we. this is how the game has worked, okay. We have gone, we're going to go back and forth with headlines that we have chosen from recent religion news, r- recent religious stories in the news. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just fling them at each other back and forth Care to comment, see where they take us. They could last like five seconds or it could be like many minutes of discussion. We don't know. Um, I propose that if you pick one and we don't know which one the other has chosen. If you pick one that the other person picked, that's a foul. No, that's not a foul. Yeah, it's a foul. That's a bonus. No, it's a, you have a foul. We get okay. a bonus. Okay. That's, those are, that's caught both of us. That's our two personalities on display in a way. <laughs> totally, that's not totally. too revealing. You get a cheer. I yeah. say it's a foul. You say it's a bonus. Yeah. Maybe let's, okay. Okay. Let's say we're, we're we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Let's, let's table that for now. Okay. <laughs> Whether it's okay. a foul or bonus. Okay. okay. Do you want uh, me to start flinging one at you? You can try. You can try. Okay. Um, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is, and by the way, I'll say where I, where I found the okay. stories. This is, and, but you know, I, so I knew you were going to go straight to religion news service. So I tried to go around that, but I did because oh, religion news service course, has yes, a lot of I, good stuff. I do. Yes. Okay. How about this one? Because I, I thought, I thought you'd, you'd be able to comment on this in some way. Religion news service. This is um, just a couple days ago at orange County mosques. They come for the halal tacos and stay for the vaccination. Oh, activists working on Latino and Muslim unity. Activists working on Latino and Muslim unity are holding vaccination events at Islamic centers where Muslims can break their Ramadan feast while feasting on halal tacos. I love this. Care story. to comment? This is not 
weird per se. No, this it's is not just weird. a lovely feel good story. I know. I thought, story. We'd st- we thought we'd start with that. Oh, what a great. Okay, because my story is really. It's gonna get you. This this story, I just think, is a lovely um, combination of like religious creativity, mm-hmm. and I love I love the um, the like cooperative spirit. This mm. brings out like it, it, like feel like warm feelings for okay. me. What a lovely community that okay. they decided to do this. I know. So wow, you caught me off guard because I was expecting okay. something like Well, okay, but I thought maybe you could comment like <laughs> what is it about food that's going to bring people together? Oh, like religion yeah. and food? Come on. Like that's there's there's like a whole field. Wheelhouse. There's a whole discipline in, in my master's program at Missouri State. There was a scholar there who just did religion and food um yeah. kind of stuff. So um, well, I love the idea. I mean, what I think is really beautiful about this story is that it makes like a it it t- takes like the pre-existing religious observation through food, which I mean, the, I think my favorite religious rituals include food mm-hmm. from everything from like communion mm-hmm. to potlucks yep. to like, well, like wedding you know, rituals and stuff with food. Um, so I think my, all my favorite rituals involve something to eat. So the idea that this is like a massive public health, um, outreach Mm -hmm. effort that incorporates Mm -hmm. really respectful religious Mm -hmm. observation is just so heartwarming to me. Well, and I think recent cultural studies and recent human experience have shown us nothing if they've not shown us that there are many, many, many things that divide us. Right. Like we just, uh, you know, we don't really get together on a lot of things these days like we used to, but you know what everybody does as the kids book says, everybody poops, but also everybody eats. I think it's everybody eats, you know? And so it's like seeing another person eating, I think is the fundamental religious ecumenical feeling of togetherness, Mm -hmm. no matter who Mm -hmm. that person is. Cause when you see another person eat, even if your religions are sworn enemies or, you know, whatever the problems are, it's like, and this, this, this story is not about religions that are sworn enemies, but if you see another person eating, that person is a human being, you know? Yeah, I think that's right. And I like the idea of like that, that people are able to break their fast together Mm -hmm. because, um, as a server, I, I, one of my favorite, um, nights to wait tables mm-hmm. was um is it okay at the end of Yom Kippur mm-hmm. like there's you you break a fast together right okay. like I think it's is it I've never celebrated I'm not as familiar with well it. I think it's like a one day um but yeah anyway so I remember waiting tables and like there was this family who had just they were like breaking their fast together mm-hmm. and it was like extra party party time right mm-hmm. because they were all kind of like low blood sugar hanging out. Um, And so the idea, I think what's lovely about this is if you've ever fasted, I don't know if you've ever fasted, but. I I have, but not recently. Well, it it depends what you mean by that. I think a lot of Protestants have a really impoverished idea of fasting because they don't do it together, right? You know, this is a little personal, but I could never extricate the notion of fasting from like my health kind of goals that I have. And so it becomes like almost kind of like a problem. It's just weird. Like I never, I felt like I could never do it in the right way. I was, I was in, um, I was raised in a religious community that did like fasts together yeah, yeah. and there was something like so beautiful and celebratory mm-hmm. about when we broke our fast oh, yeah. all together. So I totally. love that this involves like 
It's a long day. Yep. And then you get to party at night yep. with your friends. Yep. You were right about Yom Kippur, by the way. I just Googled it. Okay. There's, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to feel a, so terrible no, 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 if I'm you, wrong. You were totally right. Yeah. I, I, I should have known something like that, too. But I just checked. Fact check. Yeah. Fact okay. check in the moment. Fact check. Because this is the news True. episode. Yeah. So I just remember thinking, like, this family is having such a good time mm-hmm. together. And it was such a beautiful, like, moment mm-hmm. of unity and celebration. Yeah. So I just love that they're doing that. At the same time. And then you throw in what the a vaccinations. Okay. Oh, okay. Something tells me the vaccination issue is going to come up again in the news roundup. But let's, uh, okay, are we done with this one? Do you have, are, are you going to No, pull? no, I'm done. I've got, I've got one for you. Okay, now. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close, close that window. totally different channel. All right, ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. This is from CBS News. Okay. Seven arrested after spiritual leaders mummified body found decorated with Christmas lights in Colorado home. Oh no, I saw this story. <laughs> I sent it to you. Tell me the background. Why were they, What? what is this group? Who are these well, people? Okay, this is why I got so excited. I mean, not excited for death, that's that's not a good thing. But I got so See the previous episode, the review, where students note in Dr. Payne's classes I that know. she enjoys talking about hard topics. <laughs> just hard topics, not death, but just, you know. Yes, I do. We get excited. And okay. I, I have a weird sort of emotional response. It doesn't always translate in the classroom. Fair but enough. what I'm saying is yeah. this is an interesting story to me because mm-hmm. it was it's about a new religious movement that I had not heard of really? before. Oh. Yes, a spiritual group according to CBS News called Love Has One. Huh. Um and this woman, her name was Amy Carlson. She was only 45 when she died and she was known as Mother God to her followers. Wow. And yes, according to Wikipedia like her she would have like a male consort who was known as Father God, and she had several wow. of them. And yes, so this is like a flip on the idea of like the David Koresh, the quote unquote uh-huh. called in the male, but just so she is the Mother God. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Very Colorado. So I know, isn't it? Way to go, Colorado. And there was like some sort of shrine that involved glitter makeup, and yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. Stunned. See, these are the things. This takes us all the way back to our very first. Um, episode Back about the, the Rajnichis. Yep. And I'm just, I am like, you know this about me. I am never not interested in a religion that happens, a new religious movement that happens in the, the American West that involves women in leadership roles. Is there something about the American West that births a new religious movement? Oh, is it so. is it coming out West? Is it the feelings of the sky or just exploration? I feel like, don't, don't you think, because you're, you're someone who's come out West, I came right? West. I you're a Midwestern west. guy. Like Abraham going West from Mesopotamia. Right. Like the Oregon you're Trail. You're like a- the Abraham of Wisconsin, <laughs> of rural Wisconsin. That's going to be my new nickname, the Abraham, the of, Abraham Wisconsin. of rural Wisconsin. I'm the Abraham of Wisconsin uh, who came, yeah. yeah. No, it's it true. doesn't it occupy, like I, I've had friends who've had their Western experience. I'm a fourth generation Oregonian. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been here for a long time. It's in your genes. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely have heard from my friends that the West inhabits a mythical, you know, there totally. were stories in the 19th century that Americans wrote yep. mythologizing the West. And I think it still lives that way. And mm-hmm. so there are things that are possible in Colorado yeah. that are probably not possible in Connecticut. Agreed. Oh, definitely not possible in Wisconsin. <laughs> I will tell you that. What would the Wisconsin Love you, Wisconsin. Of this be? No oh, woman with the... <laughs> you know, I yeah, it would be people... Somebody with a casserole? ...who are alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, but it's even it's still happening now. Okay, so her, so they kept her body. Yes. But the I, group kind of got raided or, or busted up, I guess. That's yeah, I mummified. I mean, one of the things that I Is it illegal to, to mummify someone's body if they want to be mummified in well, that way? Well, like, you know what? I don't know. Is it against We're gonna the law? We're going to have to fact check ourselves. But one of the questions that I had for you yeah. was like, what was about... Um, 
burial things in the ancient world and ancient goddesses. Did this ring any bells for you or did you just, did it just feel weird? Well, the ancient goddess thing, um, I wasn't prepared for this. This is, this is, (laughs) I really, if I would have been prepared. So there's an article actually that I read in my PhD program was assigned in an archeology span class. It was kind of about the rise and fall of this idea that there was some ancient primal mother goddess. And it was kind of the article, whether right or wrong, I'm not prepared to, to critique it right now, but Uh was saying like, basically a lot of this stuff was overblown. It was a desire to have an early mother goddess figure and to insert that back. And it was, you know, it came about, it became very popular in the 1960s, 1970s when, you know, uh, these things were coming into public conversations in new ways and objects were reinterpreted in ways to make them into mother goddesses. Um, I'm Do you not, think that like a kind of post Freudian kind of a thing? Yeah, certainly. Or a- any object that had say prominent breasts as a lot of right. ancient ar- archeological artifacts of women did in these settings were interpreted as fertility figurines okay, very, okay. very vaguely. Well, and it's like, yeah, the breasts and the hips, it's going to be like a child bearing and a nourishing thing. But um, yeah, you know, what were they? And so, and then, you know, then there was this stuff like there's this old kind of scholarly debate and myth about, oh, before the Greeks came in, before the Indo-Europeans came in with their horses and weapons oh. and warfare, there was a mother goddess and everybody was like loving the earth and loving each other. But then like, you know, the Achaeans came in and just did horrible things. And oh, so, so there's a, so it's like positing a sort of like utopian society based on women that occurred before men ruined their lives. Why are you looking like that? <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting to me because yeah. I'm always skeptical of the sort, it, it seems like a version of the Victorian yeah. um, practice of putting women on a pedestal sure. and saying that they were more morally virtuous. Yes. When we, at least my experience of women is women are just people who um. <laughs> Simple but boring truths with Leah Payne. (laughs) Women are people. people. I'll I'll say you can find a lot of different kinds out there. You know, men men are emotional, and also people, and also human beings. Yeah, it's you uh, you get a lot of very um, controversial stuff here in this. That's my favorite gender twist thing to say, just to constantly affirm like men are emotional. Men are like so emotional. Are they just so emotional? Men are so emotionally unstable. It's unbelievable. It's actually I'm not kidding. Like I'm being funny, but it's hundred percent true. I am an emotionally unstable. Like every man I know is like a deep well of like these roiling emotions. Just because, all the time. Well, because they men are, are people. They're people. They men are, are people, people, as it turns out. Turns out. Which is weird. Okay. Um, okay. So okay. Okay. This, is, that, this story is going to be unfolding. I'm going to be watching this one. Okay. We will come back with updates. Um. Very good. Okay. I'm coming back at you with yes, one. Are you yes, ready? Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is on the Huffington Post. Okay. Lo- um. And this is a story about the Capitol riot. Uh, oh insurrection. Boy. Choose oh your boy. terminology. Oh boy. Here's the headline. Uh-huh. Lawyer says Capitol defendant had, quote, Fox mania from watching <gasps> too much Fox News. Oh, no. For roughly six months after he was laid off, oh, An- wow. Anthony Antonio was in a home where Fox News played constantly, his attorney told the court. Now, how is this a religious story? Care to comment? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. I actually have a, um, this is more of like a psychological take on this. So I remember reading this article years and years ago, and I, I should find it. We can put it in the links mm-hmm. about the advent of this thing called Wanderlust. Oh. And Wanderlust used to be a, thought of as a, almost like a, a disease mm-hmm. that was made possible and only started to manifest itself. It was invented basically during the um, at, in the years right after the Transcontinental Railroad was created. Uh-huh. So the idea is that there are these young men 
who had infinite space, seemingly infinite space, Mm -hmm. and the ability to traverse across it. And so they developed this Mm -hmm. mania, if you will, called Wanderlust. Just like, I got to get out. I got to do it. I got to go. And it wouldn't have been possible prior to that. Mm -hmm. So now I'm thinking about Fox News. And if we think of it as a... A, a form of media that just did not exist. Right. Maybe, I don't know when Fox News was, the 24-hour cable news yeah, cycle yeah. didn't exist. And so we might even be thinking about these kinds of sicknesses and or religious movements, mm-hmm. if if you would care to comment on it as yeah. a religious movement, yeah. um, that wouldn't have existed before. Right. No, this is- a, this is So he's it, worshiping at an altar that didn't exist before. He's worshiping at a new altar, new gods. New gods. And it's it, almost, it has a kind of, I picked it as a religious story because it had a- I like fl- that. Not to make fun of Fox News. I know, haha, we can always do that kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> it was meant to evoke this idea of like indoctrination. Of like mm-hmm, being, mm-hmm. of like being mm-hmm. in, a, in the temple and just imbibing the words of the guru. And then like- you become almost like programmed. So that's what the lawyer is actually saying. He had a mania. Fox mania. It's like one word in, in the article. Oh, Fox really? Mania. F-O-X-M-A-N-I-A. Fox mania. That's a and, fascinating. Because when you right? first said fox, I was thinking literally of a fox because I, I was thinking of the like buffalo he was, man. Maybe he was bitten by a fox. I, yeah. I thought, was there a fox man too? Um, fox mania. But <laughs> fox mania, I, I, I think that's certainly a creative defense. Mm-hmm. And it actually brings to mind... All of these, I spend a, a, a small amount of time, mm-hmm. try to spend as little as possible time, but a small amount of time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And people love to throw, non-religion specialists mm-hmm. love to throw the cult language around. Sure. So they're sure, always sure. talking about the people at the um, Capitol riots as members of a cult, which uh, I think, I, I really don't like that language because well, it's, I- No, it's an aspersion. It's, it's a, mm-hmm, you know, they're mm-hmm. using it. In not the neutral way of the scholar. Let's I say. was I was referring to the woman in Colorado as a new religious movement, not notice a cult, that careful language, right? Right. Um, so I, I think that it it's simultaneously p- putting. I want to ask you about this. Yeah. What does it do to put Fox Mania yeah. in a religious setting? Does it well in a, in a legal setting? Yeah. Would it help or hurt the person? I think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to go over very well. I, I think that it, it it's not very um, it's imprecise. It's so that's imprecise. why scholars but like, aren't going to like it. like legal theory and so on. When this idea of the insanity defense even came up, say for example, right. with which this has something of a of a kinship, it's a, adjacent. It's adjacent. It's like a cousin to the insanity <laughs> yeah. defense, Fox Mania. Um, but that you have essentially like you you just you you really this this belief like flowed through you to such an extent that you did things that maybe you shouldn't have done and maybe it's just trying to like evoke some kind of sympathy for for people who are in certain kinds of environments which is really is a legal consideration but whether Fox yeah. Mania will will enter the, the legal lexicon is perhaps doubtful. <laughs> it's fascinating to me to think about this because. Well, I, I I followed the Buffalo Man story for a while, or yeah. Buffalo, whatever. Jake Angeli, the uh, Jake Angeli. the Capitol rioter who wore the helmet head of a buffalo uh-huh, figure, uh-huh. who um, mounted the height of power at the Capitol to do to something. do like to to do a spontaneous prayer that sounded very charismatic. Yes, among other things. Well, the thing about him is he has used a similar line of reasoning, which yeah. is to say that. Trump um, oh, and yes, Trumpian that's right. rhetoric that's right. put him in a, an alternate state of mind, mm-hmm. sort of a maybe a religious trance kind mm-hmm. of thing, right. and that he is not personally responsible Correct. for what he did. 
because of that. I think the I would guess that the American legal d- community will decide otherwise. Mm-hmm. But it is a fascinating argument. That's why I don't like the cult language because I I think what people who belong to religious movements don't have any personal agency or don't make their own decisions. I mean, that it right. just implies that people have somehow been disempowered right. and so they can't be held responsible. Well, that's for the idea. That's the claim. Their actions. Box mania. Okay. All right. Good, okay. Is it good my one. Turn? It's your turn. I'm going to. My turn. Yep, I'm ready. Um, okay. I'm, I'm bringing it up right now mm-hmm. and it is. Why chaplains are in high demand in an increasingly secular America. This Ooh, is a story on Vice, on Vice a, News. Okay, a little bit of a serious one. There. Yeah. Let's, let's go here. What well, is happening? I'm married to a chaplain, you as are. I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And this is a really interesting idea that as we, as as religious adherence goes down or relig- religious practice goes down, not just Christian, although America, you know, the vast majority of practitioners are some sort of version of Christian, but Mm -hmm. um, all sorts of religious practices as they go down, Mm -hmm. there are an, there's an increase of um, like people want chaplains who are not actually pastors, but who, who provide in a, in a word, in a phrase, a sort of concierge religious accommodation. So this this is is the sub headline in airports Hospitals, even government jobs, chaplains offer spiritual care to people of all walks of life. Wow. So what's fascinating to me is that the chaplain in this case, well, I mean, chaplaincy, there's accrediting bodies and you have to be associated with a particular religious movement. And Mm. and there's a wide variety. It's certainly, it was originally a Christian thing, but there's many different um, forms of chaplains. Right. Um, But the idea that, so my, my spouse works in a hospital where people are dying. And so the, it, it seems obvious why a chaplain would be someone that you would want to talk with. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you, you get spiritual care in other, in an airport or in a corporate environment is fascinating to me. Airports especially, because airports, do you not think that airports are spiritually weird places? I do. They're they're kind of like in-between places, which are kind of like a nowhere land. It's a liminal place. It's a it's liminal like place. time doesn't exist Time doesn't there. exist. No one lives there. You're always hungry. You're going to eat a hamburger at like 7.24 a.m. Yes, why not? Why you not? could drink a, a martini at 7.28 a.m. Frequently do because their body clocks do. are on weird time. Well, you just feel like suddenly there are no rules. Like you could live in this weird in between thing, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. to have it. And I, I always feel kind of like deep emotional feelings in airports. Like I feel I feel emotions in airports. Reference the men are emotional well, conversation. You but know, it, it is a not, it's a bizarre kind of scenario. I could see a chaplain doing something there. I just can't see receiving that kind of spiritual help in an airport. Well, it's really fascinating to me the idea that spiritual care exists in some ways outside of a spiritual community. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea of, uh, I think the original chaplains were people who went to war with, with, so they were people who cared for people in an army kind of situation. So you can see these people are, um, I'm not I'm not in favor of that necessarily, but you can see that these people are far away from home. They're far away from their religious community. Uh-huh. And so they need like a, a, a special dispensation or an accommodation for this one moment. Yeah. But 
it, it's it's fascinating to me to think of that expanding as religious communities themselves decline. Care to comment? Right. Uh, totally. In fact, I'm going to care to comment, and let's pick up the pace. I'm going to I'm going to throw another story as my comment. Oh, okay. The Atlantic um, oh. recently. Title, America Without God. As religious faith has declined, ideological intensity has risen. Will the quest for secular redemption through politics doom the American idea? Here's my question for you. This is a thing I've heard a lot, and I really wonder what you think about this statement. By the way, I reserve the freedom to not agree with this statement or disagree with it just to make it. Okay. I like to do thought experiments. Yes, let's have thought experiments. I'm representing something I have heard. Okay. The, and this is in response directly to your question. The yes. decline of religion has created a situation where deep inside people, whether you like it or not, there is something of a religious impulse of belonging, of, of you could say, of worship. Mm. And it's going to be expressed. And if you do not have traditional religious forms to express it in, whether that be Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, or, or a new religious movement in Colorado, mm-hmm. you're still going to express it. And when you express it without the boundaries of a traditional religion you're going to end up doing it in ways that it just kind of comes out sideways. It's going to, it's going to involve quests for total ideological purity. It's going to involve concepts of original sin and punishing sinners. And we see all of these things playing themselves out in contemporary debates about like woke culture and cancel culture. It's like, Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the idea like you have sinned, you must now leave the community. It's like a Puritan (laughs) thing, right? And you imagine like somebody like wearing like a crown of shame, walking out of a Puritan community, big scarlet A, right? Do you, do you think that that's a real dynamic and that it has in fact its roots in religious loss? Oh, that's such a good question and observation. I think My first response is I'm always very suspicious of arguments about the idea that religion is going to go somewhere because Mm. I mean, this, this is in part go away or just be transferred to something else. You're suspicious. Go away. Go away. So um, the argument here is that it doesn't go away precisely. It never goes away. Well, I, I get, I'm going to get so meta in this response because this has to do with my graduate training, which is what is religion? What in the world, right? Guys, what so, even is what even is religion? So there's a guy who argues that even the category religion mm-hmm. is in its essence a Protestant category. Ooh. So this this argument is um it's it's from a book called The Ideology of Religious Studies. Nice. And basically, um, and which I think is a really fascinating argument. Basically, the argument is that um religious studies and even our our categories of religion mm-hmm. come to us from a colonial Protestant, um, anti-Catholic, mm-hmm. um, perspective. So we sort of make pe- people are people, they're doing their things. They've got their rituals. They've got their, mm-hmm. um, like ideas about the afterlife mm-hmm. or, um, the, the veil between, the spiritual world and the physical world. Right. Um, and there's a ton of variety, but the idea that we think of about them as religion and then we categorize them as such, and then we start to track them with our very modern mm-hmm. forms of tracking. So beliefs, practices, all that kind of stuff doesn't actually, it, it, it's a construction in and of itself. So the idea that we say that religion is doing any kind of thing, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, on the other hand, then I'm a religious studies professor. So what am I even doing if there's nothing real, um, about my, about don't my talk field. yourself out of a job. I'm talking myself out of a job. Um, so I think, you know, these arguments, Americans love Jeremiah's. That's just a part of our, mm-hmm. our thing, you know, from the, the, um, early Republic, like pre-Republican 
version of itself, they were always worrying about the religious status of the young. Mm. And so just even, even the frame of saying, Oh, it's like a, it's a religion, you know, it's going into politics now mm. and it's all mm. really bad. That just sort of feels like Americans loving to do, <laughs> to think about themselves in that Can way. Can I read a paragraph please, from the article? Please. The author, um, and that was just on the paragraph. I, don't, yeah. I mean, that, just on the headline. Yeah, yeah. No, the author Shadi Hamid um, writes this: says the notion that all deeply felt conviction is sublimated religion is not new. Oh. Abraham Kuyper, uh, Kuyper is that his pronounce? Mm-hmm. A theologian who served as the prime minister of the Netherlands at the dawn of the 20th century, when the when the nation was in the early throes of secularization, argued that all strongly held ideologies were effectively faith based and that no human being could survive long without some ultimate loyalty. If that loyalty didn't derive from traditional religion, it would find expression through secular commitments, such as nationalism, socialism, or liberalism. The political theorist Samuel Goldman calls this, quote, the law of the conservation of religion, unquote. Hmm. In any given society, there's a relatively constant and finite supply of religious conviction. What varies is how and where it is expressed. So the the author here is not expressing his opinion. He's describing what other people think. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Just kind of summarizes, I guess, what the core of this idea is about. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that the idea that um, any strongly held conviction is religious in nature, Mm -hmm. I'm sort of curious, does that mean is related to the Christian God or is that uh, could just make anything religion or it would just be recognizing this fundamentally religious stature of just commitment that it is religion. Essentially people are talking a lot right now about how politics are the new religion. I see that some version of that argument. Um, and I, I don't know about that. I, I'm always curious, like, what do they mean when they say that? Usually they have a negative impression of religion in their minds Mm -hmm. when they say that. So when they, when they say that, they mean like they mean something along the lines of, "Look, people right. were, you know, religious people did terrible things right, right, right. in the early modern era, and now political people are doing things we don't like. Terrible and things. So or they should that go, they must should be go back religion. to, or they should return to some traditional form of religion, such as that maybe is in the background of the critiquers. Yeah, yeah. It's one sort of in my mind. It's like yeah. it sounds better, but. It sounds all right. The rhetoric is, is very strong yep. because it gets people's attention mm-hmm. and they think like, ooh, we want that or we don't want that, whatever that is. Yeah. But then the more questions you ask about it, and this, this is why people hate academics, right? <laughs> is that the more questions <laughs> you ask about reasons. it, the less sense it makes. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, agreed. Okay, you know what it's time for? What? Lightning round, Lightning where we have round. to release all the rest of the stories that we have and comment on them very quickly here in the conclusion. Um, are you ready? Yes. Go for it. For This is from Religion News Service. For some pastors, the past year was a sign from God it was time to quit. Oh, oh you know, it's actually like a really... That's a, that's that's both dark and light. It's, it's you know, I... Wow. It's, it's a very... Th- this was not a silly story. This oh, the article was heavy. Very, it's pretty heavy. Oh, Just okay. about, about how difficult this last year has been for pastors. You and I have complained to each other several times about being an educator, but can you imagine being a pastor? I had, I saw a thread on Reddit where a professor was complaining that this, this year in teaching was the the most, just the grossest comments he's ever gotten from students. So just the worst. So I think it's across the board. I just finished my grading and I'm feeling free as a bird. Good riddance. She's as free (laughs) as a bird now. Bird, you cannot change. We don't have to pay royalties nope. for singing the song, do nope. we? Okay, okay, mine back. Yep. Religion news service. The Biden communion stories are stupid. I was gonna do that. All one. right. That was my Either okay, finale. foul or the bishops' conference denying you communion get a to Biden. Bonus. The bishops' conference denying communion to Biden is about as likely as the National Governors Association impeaching the president. In other words, the author's point is 
they can't, the, the people who are claiming that, yeah. that this should happen and that they're going to do it don't have the power to do it and never did and never will. And I so love this stupid. article so much. Okay. I was actually going to send it to you because do you know what I thought it was? What? It, what was great about it is people throw around all kinds of un, uninformed ideas yeah. about Roman Catholics and how they relate to church and state stuff. Mm -hmm. And this was just such a great smackdown. Boom. Like you, you don't even know what you're talking about. And I believe it was written by a Jesuit priest. Yep. Um, so I, I loved it because I'm all about the experts talk back. Boom. All right. You got, <laughs> okay, you got okay. another one? Um, yes. Hold on. Hold on. This is in the Harvard Business Review. Harvard. Have you heard of that place? Uh, oh, yeah. You went there. The very real dangers of executive coaching. Oh, and what are the dangers in brief? Well, here's one sentence. Indeed, many coaches gain a Svengali-like hold over the executives <laughs> they train and the CEOs they report to sometimes with dangerous consequences. It's a really interesting article oh, I that can see it. argues, but Svengali is I love that a word. person who, <laughs> who has... The, the power of mesmerism and controls yep. another person. Mesmerizing. That's, yeah. Okay, how about this one? New York Times. A pastor's son becomes a critic of religion on TikTok. John Piper is oh, one of the most influential yeah. theologians in America. His son Abraham calls evangelicalism, quote, a destructive, narrow-minded narrow -minded worldview. I watched some of these TikToks and uh, it gets brutal. I remember exactly when and why I learned to tie a tie. I was 10 and I was going on a missions trip by myself. What's a missions trip, you ask? It's a white savior's evangelical vacation that other people pay for. And the org I was going with required dressing up on Sundays and whenever interacting with the public. That's the need to tie my own tie. This requirement was alongside memorizing the KJV, not talking to girls, and running a mile every morning oh <laughs> guess where the mission strip was too one of the darkest places on earth florida <laughs> that's right 10 year old me and my cohort of other pre-adolescents took the message of jesus and his ghastly demise to orlando but it's you got the generational thing there you oh. got john piper it's it's a recipe for success you it got ex-evangelical kind of stuff going on here also it's, it's almost the perfect story i have to say about the, about him yeah. is he really has inherited his dad's charisma yeah he's great on film he almost has as many followers on tiktok as his dad has on twitter look, um, look out john yeah that is fascinating right. to me White evangelical resistance is obstacle in vaccination effort. Surprise. Hey. Not surprised. Okay. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, th this is kind of a deep cut as a religious thing. I thought if we had more time, we could bring it back. Okay. But let's put it out okay. there. This is on Slate. Why Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce is such a shock. The idea of like the pillar oh. of the community, people you really trusted getting mm -hmm. divorced, like mm -hmm. in your church or something, you don't want to see that. It's very mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bill and Melinda Gates. Okay. Um, and then finally, let's end with... Is on Huffington Post also. Lindsey Graham mocked after making bizarre Trump cult. There's your word. Ooh. Trump cult prediction about GOP's future. Here's what he did in an interview, what he said. Can we move forward uh, without President Trump? The answer is no. I've always liked Liz Cheney, but she's made a determination that the Republican Party can't, can't grow with President Trump. I've determined we can't grow without him. So people are not making fun saying, you know, I can't quit you. I can't, we can't we live. Can't quit you. I can't live without my God. Like, think, I wonder if that's possible because, I mean, Trump has become a figurehead of a certain sort of populist wing. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if in a weird way, there's some truth to what he says. I don't know that the Republican Party could exist without him because wasn't there in some ways the last several years have have it's his party. Right. It's his party. So you got to, you know, you follow you follow your leader into the wilderness and you got to follow him back out. Well, 
Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. We will normalize weirdness. It will always be weird. Yeah, yes, it will. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes, don't forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, weirdreligion.com. We're doing our own production these days, <laughs> and some of our own musical and voice flourishes, so you better love it. But our official theme music is still and always by Cassie Blum. And our album artwork is by John Williams. When you podcast, podcast with us. Bye.